0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by T-shirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
0: Good evening, everyone. It's time for the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. I'm merely your host. Sorry, I've been watching too much Peaky Blinders lately. Um, it's vacation, so you binge things. What's up, y'all? Uh, you're tuned into InsideCarolina.com's Coast to Coast podcast here on Inside Carolina. Uh, you know, been working on my Tommy Shelby a little bit there, but uh, I know I at least got a, a side eye from Sherelle. I think Sean's too, Sean's too buried in his notes to to notice what I was doing. But we are glad that you, the listener, the viewer, are with us tonight. On this episode, one of many from InsideCarolina.com's network of podcasts, I am just your host, Joey Powell, but with me are the two guys you are here to see, Sherelle McMillan, Sean Moran. Guys, I don't have time for pleasantries. It was funny because I did have time for my for my Peaky Blinders reference, but I don't have time for pleasantries because this is the most packed agenda that we have had since I've been hosting this show. Is that fair to say?
2: In a year now, congratulations again.
0: Uh, is is it? Like- yeah, it's been a year.
2: Awesome. Hey, I've I been, here, I was...
0: been here a year and you guys haven't gotten rid of me. I think a... our
2: first Angelo Brizzy conversation was like last June.
0: <laughs> so. Our first of our five-part series of Angelo <laughs> Brizzi discussions. Oh man. Uh, that's, that's, that's actually really, really, that's a good throwback. I like that. I appreciate you. Uh, Sherelle and Sean are joining us. We're going to discuss many things. Like I said, this really is a packed agenda for a show. So I'm going to try to keep the hubbub to a minimum. Do want to make sure we get some business out of the way, follow us on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the channel, get all of this stuff. If you're watching us, thank you. Uh, if you're listening to us make sure you're subscribing. So this drops immediately into your, uh, Apple music or, Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry, uh, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcast from, go ahead and subscribe. Then take it a step further. We would really appreciate it. Hey, if you think that these past year of me hosting these has been garbage, let us know. But if you think they've been great, give us a review. Like, Let us know. That actually helps Inside Carolina. It helps our content, and we would appreciate you guys doing that for us. And in payment for that, we will give you a great show. Starting out want to thank Johnny T-Shirt for supporting this because Johnny T-Shirt has just as much goods as we have goods for you today. First things first, Isaac Trout is in Chapel Hill. He is on his official visit right before we hit. And Sherelle, I think the dead period is what, Monday? Or I'm sorry, uh, July 1st?
2: Yeah, there's some leeway with that. So uh, certain seniors can keep visiting um, after July 1st for official visits. I, I need, I should have had the rule. I'm not well-prepared.
0: Um, I, look, I didn't prep you. That's, this <laughs> is on the host. I will own this. Go ahead. But,
2: but there are some official visits that can happen after July 1st. However, trout will be leaving on Tuesday. So he's going to take up most of the 48 hours that are allotted for an official visit. This is his final scheduled official visit. Cause again, these are junior year official visits. So, if he's so inclined after August 1st, he can take five more. He's already taken trips to uh, Michigan State, uh, to Nebraska, and to UVA. And then he's taken an unofficial trip to Creighton. Both the Creighton and Nebraska, obviously, are the in state schools, and then Michigan State, UVA, and Carolina. Um, and I think he just kind of wants to see UNC. Uh, never been out there before, never seen the campus, um, hasn't met any of the coaches in person. So, all that stuff, building a rapport is what UNC is trying to do this weekend um, and then just let him know that he's wanted and, and kind of what they envisioned for him in Hubert Davis' Hebert
0: Davis's system. All right, Sean, Isaac Trout swimming around in Chapel Hill as we record this. How do you feel like his game's going to match up with, with what he would be coming in with with the roster? Because I'll be honest, his film, he looks good. He's smooth, uh, really athletic for for what we've seen. And, and the guy plays probably more above the rim than you would expect someone of his size and of his game. Talk to me about it.
1: Yeah, he's, he's definitely an interesting player. And I think going back to when we first talked about him on the podcast, probably January or February, uh, you know, it's probably a, a far-fetched idea that he would, he would visit Carolina uh, just given some of the other interests. So the fact that he is on campus right now just shows that they've been able to prioritize him, uh, you know, since the new coaching staff came up, came on board. So with him, you know, I think he is a, he's a, I'd say a kind of a four or five where he, he is a true stretch four, but um, he's a guy that could also, isn't afraid to play in the post. Um, so I think he has a good mix of, of inside, outside type of game, but in high school, you, you can also see him bringing the ball up the court every now and then, um, you know, he's not getting, he'll never be kind of a, a natural wing just given his size, but he's got a smooth, a smooth shot, good mechanics. Uh, as you alluded to, he's, he's definitely a little more athletic than, than he looks where he can, uh, you know, if he gets a step on you with a, with a pump fake, you know, it takes one, one, two dribbles and he's, he's above the rim. Um, so he's a very versatile player. And I think he would, you know, once again, we're all anxious to see how quote unquote kind of the new Carolina looks from an offensive end, but he's definitely a guy that could easily stretch the floor. Uh, but at the same time isn't a guy that's just going to hang out on the perimeter and doesn't want to bang down low because he can certainly flash in the mid post for a little, you know, short shot, uh, post up smaller defenders. So he's a very interesting player. And I think, uh, you know, players like those are ones that we'll see Hubert Davis and the staff targeting uh, time and time again over the next few years.
0: And Shrill, if memory serves me, he averages in the high 30s from uh, beyond the arc. Would that qualify him? For the hybrid role? No, Would that qualify him for the what – is, what is the term that we've been throwing around for all these offers that, that Hubert Davis has been throwing out? Shooter? Uh, would that qualify him for shooter? Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I would think so. Man, you i got to prep you guys better for these shows. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, stand,
0: standing here on an island, butt naked, <laughs> holding my Johnson.
2: Well, <laughs> no, that's, that's what Hubert Davis wants. You know, you know guys, we, we talked about it. Who can face, they can space, which is you know, another word for shooting, and they can post. And uh, just from watching what we've seen of him – I mean, he can do all those things. Like he seems to be the perfect, like true, you know, modern day four, because um, he can do all those things. Can put the ball um, on the floor and and drive some, as Sean said. I mean, he just he has all those skills. So, very anxious to see him uh, at the Under Armour event in a couple of weeks, just against national competition. Um, his high school didn't play in either of the live periods. They've been kind of doing camps, so. Uh, it'll be his first real competition in a couple months since the spring. Um, so really just anxious to see him and, and what he looks like.
0: Sean, uh, I want to skip ahead. Speaking of live uh, or at least watching live performances, uh, you did some scouting of Jalen Washington this week. Uh, what did you see new from him that you hadn't seen before? And I know you've done some really good write ups on uh, inside Carolina's recruiting board and in some past dossiers in the past, uh, past dossiers for the the site what did you see when you saw his games this weekend that maybe you did not know he had as the kids say in his bag
1: uh well one I think it was just good to watch a a full game where where you get to see the makes the misses but how he's how he's moving up the court uh you know how he's how he's defending and uh, his, his high school team played played four games uh so two games on Saturday uh you know it was talked about on the Carolina board where all four or the whole Carolina coaching staff was Um, at his at his early game on Saturday. And then he had two more on Sunday. So was able to watch that first game where the whole coaching staff was was involved uh, as well as his first game today. Unfortunately, his team went 0 and 4. um, But, you know, I think he played he played pretty well Uh, in the first game, went for 20, 24 points. um, And he did it kind of a a variety of ways. Uh, I think he had he had two threes. I think it was around 10 of 12 from the free throw line. He had a few, you know, a few shots up close. And I think what, what we, everybody's familiar with and what we had talked about before was it more of his face-up game. You know, one guy Caroline offered last year was uh, Jabari Smith, and he kind of uh, resembles him a, a little bit just in terms of shooting and, and how they, where they like to catch the ball. Uh, so he's very comfortable just catching it from 15 to 18 feet and kind of getting into his pivot, using a jab step to get space and, and launching. And if he's inside the arc, uh, you know, he, there's, he had one air ball, but besides that, he was pretty much right on, right on target. And then I mentioned the two threes where uh, you know, he was running down the court and basically just pulled up from, from three off the catch um, off at the top of the key, and it, it looked fairly smooth. You know, not the quickest shot release, but a pretty, pretty good one for his size and then defensively you know he has the seven foot plus wingspan so if somebody tries to post him up all he really has to do is you know put his put his arm straight up and he's gonna he's gonna make it difficult for uh the opponent and there are a few times in pick and roll situations where he was trying to recover to you know a guard or a wing and it was pretty easy for him to to make up ground with his his length in terms of blocking shots so overall he played um, he played pretty well in terms of, of what what we were able to watch you know I think that defensively you know I, I Carolina is recruiting him as a four I, I kind of see him more as a, a five that could play some four in a two big offense but I think really defensively he, he's gonna slot in at a five versatility wise because there's still um, you know I'd say just from a, a lateral quickness perspective as well as vertical explosion are kind of two things that uh, you know are, he, he can he can work on going forward. but at the same time, going back to our Seth Trimble conversation and how athletic and explosive he is and how that could make him more attractive um, to the next level, I think some of the deficiencies in Washington's game are ones that could keep him around in college for more than a year.
0: You know, I, I used the word recover in, in kind of how he was able to move a few minutes ago but I also want to talk about something that really affected his recruitment uh, and that was his ACL injury did you feel like anything that you saw did he show any lingering effects or anything that may be sticking around or does it look like he's actually gotten through that physically and as we know recovering from major knee reconstruction can also give guys a little bit of uh, mental hesitation did you feel like he is fully recovered from that
1: I mean, I thought he, he, he looked, you know, he, he looked, you, you couldn't really tell if he was favoring, you know, he, he was still wearing a knee brace, uh, but, in ter- you know, he, he was grabbing defensive rebounds or if his teammates did, he was getting up and down the court very quickly in terms of just straight line running. So, you know, he was looking fine in, in terms of picking up speed pretty quickly. And I think in, in terms of what I just mentioned as kind of some of the weaknesses, I think those will just, you know, those take time, especially for basketball players and, and ACLs. I feel it always takes almost a year after they've been playing um, for them to truly you know we've seen that with Dexter Strickland and and others to, to truly feel comfortable um, so I think that will continue to come throughout his high school senior year um, and once again there is there is times where even just switching he was moving pretty well and once again the length kind of kind of helps him um, maybe counterbalance if he's not able to slide his feet quick enough on, on some but once again, I think those two areas will continue to improve uh, throughout the high school season. But it didn't look like he was was favoring one or the other. And once again, it was four games in, in two days, which is a lot, uh, especially coming off of off of that. But he he played pretty good minutes, and while the team uh, was struggling at times, he continued to to play well. And the one thing I didn't mention was really his passing ability. Um, I thought he, he he had a very good. Um, ability to find you know because he was getting double teamed a lot the teams are playing zone defenses et cetera, and he didn't really force force the issue a whole lot and he was able to quickly realize you know where is the open man and hit them uh, you know right right in the chest almost so they didn't really need to you know they had a pretty good pass to go for the shot so that was one thing that I don't think came across in a lot of the, the highlight videos but I did think his passing ability was something that that jumped out this weekend.
0: That is something too that as we watch how Hubert Davis installs his vision of offense, uh, you got to think that spacing being so important as he's talked to recruits and parents and, and to the media, that having a big that can continue to pass well, but more importantly, reverse the ball quickly you know when it does come inside. Uh, if, if Washington is able to do that and he does end up coming to Carolina, that's going to be a really, really nice, uh, a really, really nice arrow for him to have in his quiver. Shrill we have some more information that we did not expect to be discussing this week but when it was revealed i guess late friday that Dawson Garcia has a player for Marquette it was a freshman last year uh, Tar Heel fans may remember him well from the loss that uh, they, the Tar Heels suffered at the hands of Marquette and Dawson Garcia in the Smith Center Cheryl uh, Dawson Garcia has entered his name into the transfer portal I think a lot of folks expected it but since he had been working out for NBA teams you know, maybe they'd forgotten uh, and, and North Carolina had kind of moved on, you know, signing uh, Brady Manick and Justin McCoy. What can you tell us about Dawson Garcia and how it might relate to the North Carolina basketball program?
2: Uh, so we have a note up on the premium board. We can I'll, I'll just say there's mutual interest between the two parties and we can leave it at that if you want. Additional information, you know, sign up for premium. Go check that out. Uh, I, I would say it's funny because the second that Steve Wojciechowski got fired at Marquette, it was blood in the water because everyone was like, "Oh, this means that Dawson Garcia <laughs> might be available." And I'm, I mean, that that it, it really was a huge deal because he, you know, he played so well um, at times. You know, obviously he had the monster game against Carolina. He had some real big games in the Big East, and you know, he just seemed like an ascending player again, that kind of modern forward. Uh, so it, to me, it's just funny because that was, I was looking at text messages from like March 25th and we're talking <laughs> about uh, Dustin Garcia. Um, so it, it's funny that it's happening now. And again, this goes back to when we talk about the transfer portal, why you just don't take any guy again from right. my favorite school, Stony Brook, in May. Went because you know the july 1st deadline was still coming and you just don't know who's going to decide to return who's going to decide to go into the nba who's going to enter the portal uh you know there could be a perfect player and dawson garcia pretty much for what carolina wants to do now under hubert davis is kind of a perfect player now you know it is a interesting situation because as you said they do have uh, kind of two stretch fours already signed um but you know I want to be delicate because I understand that those guys, I'm not going to say they were promised things, but you know, they want a chance to play. But from a Carolina perspective, it is an absolute no brainer that you call Dawson Garcia and say, Hey, we're interested. You know, we think you can help us because he's a talented player in North Carolina. As Hubert Davis has said, since the day he got the job, needs more talented players. So I don't get the line of thought that it might hurt someone's feelings or whatever. These guys are competitors go compete. You know in in october go compete and win the job if you know you want if you want it that it's simple as that so um i, I got aside from there so anyway um but no, yeah there, I, there's, hang <laughs> on.
0: stay there stay because i think there's been uh in the note that you posted on the inside carolina premium message board which as Sheryl said subscribe if you're not subscribing you're not getting the goodness like this but subscribe there's been some discussion there about you know is dawson garcia take and that's absolutely absurd and i, I want to echo your point but I will be the heavy-handed one say it's absurd to think that a player with his skill set and his caliber would not be a take for North Carolina, regardless of who's on the roster. Please right. continue.
2: Yeah, and you're not gonna promise him anything. You you're gonna say, and I think this is what Hubert Davis has done, just like his mentor Roy Williams and his mentor Dean Smith. Um if you come to Carolina, you will have the opportunity to earn a chance for playing time. And that's all anyone's ever promised. And I I think that's what they would say. This, You know, the same thing they would say to Garcia is like, hey, you know, right now they have two, you know, kind of full time, uh, what you would call post players or or bigs with Justin McCoy, kind of a versatile piece who can kind of go back and forth. And it wouldn't hurt to have one more and they have two scholarships. So I I don't see, I I just don't get the line of thinking that you wouldn't pursue him, you know, because of, roster concerns yes it's a it's a you know very delicate situation sure but at the same time you have to you know hebert davis has to do what's in the best interest of the team and if he thinks going after dawson garcia is the best in the best interest of the team which again i don't see how it's not then you have to (laughs) do it um so not to be repetitive anyway um but just a refresher on Garcia. you know he was offered a scholarship from Roy Williams two years ago. Um, North Carolina was in a good spot uh, from everything we had heard uh, with Garcia. Um, he had had a kind of a, a standout performance at the MBPA camp in Charlottesville um, in June of 2019. Uh, I think he might've been on the same team as Dayron Sharp that year. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but North Carolina talked to him. They were thinking about scheduling a visit. And then, you know, Walker Kessler came to Carolina, um, loved to visit and committed. And that was kind of the end of the Dodson Garcia recruitment as it related to North Carolina. Um, So he's very familiar um, with Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis had a lot of conversations with him. And I think uh, his family likes North Carolina. And he played AAU basketball with Corbin Walton for D1 Minnesota on the Adidas. It wasn't the 3SSB circuit then, but it is now. Um, But I, I don't think that should be. Um, taken lightly either, um, playing with current Walton again. Again, both of those guys from Minnesota. So it's a situation that's going to play itself out, I think, over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, and he said that he's open to all options. He's open to... Staying in the draft, if his workouts go well, he's got a few weeks before he has to pull his name from the draft. He's open to going back to Marquette um, and trying to run it back and, and see what Shaka Smart's talking about. And he's open, obviously, by entering a transfer portal to going somewhere else and playing college basketball next year. But, again, this is why you keep a scholarship or two open towards the end of, of the portal because you never know when a home run um, you know, signing might come through the portal.
0: And I want to hammer home something you said, too, about how North Carolina's coaching staff – Uh, from all the way back to Dean Smith has said you're not going to promise you know they they typically don't promise playing time they promise an opportunity for playing time and since Garcia has previously been recruited by Roy Williams and assistant Hubert Davis he has probably likely heard those exact same words Uh, maybe with different players alongside of him he's likely heard that exact same pitch Uh, another pitch that you're going to hear and you've probably heard before is me talking about Johnny t-shirt and I keep talking about them. And I'm going to keep recruiting for them because Johnny T-shirt is five-star caliber. Johnny T-shirt is absolutely top talent. Johnny T-shirt is a take for any roster in America at any point in time. If you need University of North Carolina gear, you go to JohnnyTshirt.com or you stop by their store on West Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of these these recruits and, and, and guys are coming through with their families. They're probably ending up at Johnny T-shirt. Uh, you're stopping in Chapel Hill. If you've got a, a rising freshman, you're going to go move them into their dorm. You're going to go buy Johnny T-shirt. You got to get that shirt that says uh, says Carolina mom or Carolina dad or Carolina neighbor or whatever it is. They got all that stuff. Johnny T-shirt, best prices you're going to find. And as we talked about earlier, if you're an inside Carolina premium subscriber, take that extra 10 off the top. You're going to appreciate it and you're going to be glad you did. So we appreciate Johnny T-shirt. I hope you will appreciate them too. Take a quick break. Let the National guys drop some advertisements in here for a second. And then we'll come right back and talk a little bit more about guys that are going to be on campus very soon. And guess what? They're finally going to re-rank these players. We've been talking about it forever. So stick around. We'll be right back.
1: let's go it's the most all-star studded challenge ever and this time it's every competitor for themselves best challenge ever the challenge all-stars new season now streaming on paramount plus go to paramountplus.com to try it free terms apply hey
0: thanks for sticking around everybody you're listening to the coast to coast podcast i'm joey powell just simply your host tour guide Uh, concierge for this great informational podcast about University of North Carolina basketball recruiting here on InsideCarolina.com. With me, as always, Sean Moran, Sherelle McMillan. And Sherelle, you dropped some news again on the premium Message Boards about two guys are going to be dropping into Chapel Hill, maybe going by Johnny T-shirt in the next couple of days. Uh, Gigi Jackson, who just popped on the UNC radar recently, officially, and then Robert Dillingham. What can you say about uh, or what can we expect uh, from those guys coming to town this week?
2: Uh, they are North Carolina's only two offers in the 2023 class. So I think that says a lot that they were able to get both of them on campus fairly early. Um, and then they are both, you know, top 20-ish players. I think Jackson kind of depends on what service that you're looking at. And then Dillingham is top 10, you know, pretty much by everybody. <clears throat> so these are um, what we would call elite players. And you'd imagine that they will uh, play pickup with the team, you know, if they're around and, and do kind of a tour. So these will be very much like. Uh, official visits. Uh, They would just be kind of a full day thing, I would imagine. Uh, For Jackson, it's his first time being on campus. And as we said, him and his dad grew up uh, kind of in a Carolina household. Uh, Both were big, big fans. Um, We do not expect uh, any significant news to come out of that visit (laughs) I think a lot of people were drawing parallels to the Dayron sharp uh, recruitment and commitment uh, because it kind of happened at the same time and the visit was around the same time Um, but we do not expect that not to say that it it won't happen but it's not expected at all Um, but just a a really good job for uh, Hubert Davis to get both of them on campus Jackson has taken a lot of unofficial visits because I think he does want to He doesn't want to go make this recruiting process too long. Not saying it's going to end anytime soon, but he's already been – um to virginia tech he's already been to wake forest he's already been to NT state and duke obviously south carolina is home uh, so he's been there and then he's going to clemson the day after his unc visit uh, or scheduled to to, to go to clemson the day after his unc visit and also um talking about going to georgetown as well so he's just getting out seeing schools again this will be his first time on unc's campus so uh we'll see what happens from there but just big for hebert davis to get those two on campus so early
0: it's actually refreshing to hear about uh, kids with that sort of pedigree taking all their visits. I mean, maybe I'm just old school that way, but it's actually kind of cool to hear them. And again, these are unofficials that, that are going on for UNC on, on Tuesday, but it's actually kind of cool to hear that those kids are, are going around and seeing uh, all those different opportunities and are really kind of immersing themselves in the process. Um, really quickly, I want to uh, hit the vitals for those two guys. If my uh, if my internet will hurry up, I can actually throw those up. If anybody's got their profiles uh, up right now and want to list them. Robert, well, Denham, I,
2: I will tell you, Gigi Jackson's mother is very, very specific about his height. And she said, make sure you say that my son is six, nine and a half, not six, nine, not six ten. So Gigi
0: Jackson is six, nine and a half. Gigi's mom's name, what?
2: I, I'm not sure of her first name, actually.
0: Gigi's <laughs> uh, mama, six, nine and a half. <laughs> 210 from columbia south carolina all right six nine and a half y'all hear us make sure we get that right on the record because we can't have uh can't have a recruits mom mad at us and robert dillingham out of charlotte six foot even 160 pound point guard he plays with team charlotte on the Under Armour circuit all right guys we have talked about this ad nauseum. <laughs> on the show for the last few weeks about when are these guys going to get re-ranked? When are they going to get re-ranked? And it's been a bit of an ordeal for how 24 7s is going to do it. From what I understand, it's just been not seeing guys and having anything to go off because not everyone had seasons last year because of COVID. So it was kind of an apples to oranges scenario. And now that we've seen some of these players coming back, we do expect them to re-rank this week. Sean, Sherelle, either one of you have an insight as to how this process is going or is gone. Uh, But am I correct in also saying that it's going to happen this week?
2: Yeah. So Ben confirmed that on IC. Also, we should probably tease, not tease, but let you know we're having a um, Ask Me Anything or chat with uh Boy, Old Bossie. old AMA. Yeah, AMA. Yeah. <laughs> with Eric Bossy, who's the 24-7 Sports National Director of Recruiting. Um, that will be on July 1st at 12 p.m., 11 a.m. Central, which is his time. Um, so do stop by. He's going to be talking about Um, the rankings, talking about Carolina's target. So great opportunity to hear from someone who has a national perspective on things Um, as far as how they're doing it. So uh, the 24/7 national team is uh, Jay Meyer is uh, Travis Branham is Deshaun London, Brandon Jenkins and Eric posse. And I think typically the way they used to do them under kind of the old staff um, was they would all, just have conversations and just kind of yell at each other until they got to something that they all could agree on. Now I'm not a hundred percent sure if they're going to do it the same way, but that's the way it's been done in the past. And, you know, really um, it's just about, they, like you said, they wanted to see the, these kids, they obviously could have done something um, in, March or April or, or whatever it was just to say hey we've updated our rankings. But I think they really wanted to get through the live periods um, and see everybody not only with their AU team back in the spring but also with our high school team here um, over the summer or these last two weekends in June and then use that as a springboard for new rankings as they head into the July eval periods, which I assume there will be some more movement you know into August and September. So that look that's kind of what the timeline looks like in the process um so all those guys are collaborate um they all have specific regions that they cover and then you know boom out come the rankings
0: all right sean anything you want to add there about uh, did sherelle put that a nice enough of a package for us
1: you did uh nothing to add just that uh rankings are always a lot more difficult than than people you know think they are <laughs> uh, especially once you start getting outside of the top top 25, 30 30 guys, uh, especially as given the lack of familiarity, you know, with, with this class, but definitely excited to, to see where everybody uh, everybody lands up. And I'm sure that will also change tremendously once the, the three July live periods occur, but we'll be good to be going off some, you know, at least uh, refreshed, refreshed rankings.
0: So here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to list out uh, current rankings of UNC-involved players. And I'm going to list what their most recent uh, 24-7 ranking was. And then I want you guys to say what do you think it's going to be after the re-ranking comes out this week. Uh, If you'd like to give some editorializing uh, behind that, feel free. Uh, Any anecdotes, whatever. But uh, I'm going to write these down. And we're going to go back and check on them later to see how close you guys were. Uh, And maybe, you know. Maybe whoever wins between the two of you, I'll uh, I'll see if I can't work out some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of some sort of wager.
1: Can we, can we get uh, some Jimmy's seafood? I saw Cheryl was tweeting about it this week. So,
0: what do you know about Jimmy's? So you know, as a matter of fact, Sean, you are in California. They do ship to California, and you can get it quickly. Cheryl, any any anything there? You no, you want to keep, you, you keep the crab goodness for yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything else. Uh,
0: yes, Jimmy's. That's it.
2: That's, you know, that's the tweet. I, I, hate, I can't stand that. Like, that's it. That's the tweet.
0: Yes, Jimmy. <laughs> Man, I love it. I love it when I hit Sherelle and all of his, uh, his angry buttons. All right. First guy, first two we're going to go for are the UNC commitments that we have so far. Uh, we hit the emergency pod this week when Seth Trimble committed. Seth Trimble's most recent ranking. Hang on. Pause. I do want to say why this is important to our listeners and our, and our viewers is because a lot of these guys, as we've said, uh, are probably going to move. We think some of the North Carolina guys are probably going to move up. Uh, I can't guarantee that, but it's important that you guys remember that. Um, And so as we go, 24-7 ranking most recently is what I'm basing this off of. Seth Trimble, most recent 24-7 ranking, 102. Sean, where do you think Seth Trimble is going to end up? I think – so right right and now after the next rankings not saying where he ends up by the time he enrolls but after the next yeah, yeah. after this new set of re rankings we've been waiting over a year for i'm gonna go uh 33 all right sherelle
2: i'm gonna go 39
0: all right so 33 39 uh next one will shaver uh, kid committed a little little ways back i think right around the first of june maybe um does that sound right? First of June? Uh, a
1: little earlier in May.
0: A little earlier June. in May. His, oh, his no, visit was...
1: No, in, that, his, that, sorry, that was his commitment. Yeah. yeah, he
2: committed June 2nd.
0: Yeah, yeah. His, his, yeah. His, his... Okay, yeah, because he committed right around the time of his visit. Mm-hmm. All right. Will Shaver, currently 162 in the 24-7 most recent rankings. 162. Sean? I'm going to go with... Uh, 88. Sherell? 96. 96, which again... Top 100 kids are impactful players in college. I think it's important for folks to remember that.
2: And and I say that, you know, again, that's a 70, you know, 70 spot bump. Um, but I say that just, I, I think he still hasn't been seen by a ton of people. Sure. And that's going to impact him a little bit. Like, you know, Travis saw him. I think it was in, I forget where, but Travis saw him. and But I don't know if the rest of the staff has. And so they're relying still on some of the tape from the AU events in the spring and all that. Um, so that could change, especially if he has a big July. Um, but I think right now they see the skill set. And I think he, he slots into the top 100. But I think there pro- will probably be some hesitation to put him up any farther until they really you know put eyes on him. And again, I'm, I'm speaking for them, even though I don't know what they're thinking. Sure. This is just what I think they're thinking.
0: And again, his recruitment was one that, you know, bloomed late because he bloomed late. And I think that this would, this would kind of continue that trend. As Sheryl said, not everybody has seen him uh, in order to appropriately rank him. All right. Some other guys that have offers that are of interest in North Carolina and have visited or are in the process of scheduling visits. Um, Whitmore uh, came in. What's, what's his first name? Cam. Yeah. Cam Whitmore. All right. Thanks, Joey. Um, Cam Whitmore one zero nine in the most recent ones he was the i guess he was the most recent or next to most recent offer in this class Does that sound right
2: yeah him and talent nickel
0: yeah nickel was yep. we'll get to nickel in a second but yeah yep. so cam whitmore one zero nine how you guys feel about him sean
1: well i don't know currently he's on the front this is sunday night he's currently on the front page of 24 7 for having blown up at the, the dc event um and so you know with with that that could bump him up even more but Uh, I'm going to have to increase increase what I was thinking before before today but I'm going to go into the I'm going to this is a tough one I'm going to go 30 30 uh, actually
0: I'm going to go 31 Ooh, that's high four category that's 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 high four territory is not
1: it is and I guess I'm I'm a little uh the article today kind of made me change change where I where I had him slotted. So it it was I was probably gonna go more in the fifties and sixties, but I think uh the article today is
0: making me increase that. All right, Sherelle, how you feeling about Cam Whitmore? Twenty two. that's five star territory. Yeah. Man. Sherelle loves that uh loves the six nine with Athlete. Wait, how wait is he six seven or six nine? He's like six six, right? God, do he's, I know yeah, anything? He's that's... listed it. I mean, but to be fair, like all these heights nobody's really
2: sure of like because everybody's self-reporting, so sometimes they self-report at six eight, and sometimes they
0: self-report at six five. So, so just, he is six something. Yeah, just call yeah. it six 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 seven. Yeah, right. Can, I think that's fair. Could I, could I ask a quick question? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it depends. Are you going to do better than I am? Because I'm doing terrible right now.
1: <laughs> uh, Sherelle, Sh- 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 you got to see Whitmore in person at the CP3 Memorial Day tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Did you think he was a five star? Then or what? What were your thoughts coming out of? Yeah, I, I
2: probably thought I was like, okay, he's much better than 10. I think he said 103, whatever it was. Um, but I think the last two weekends playing with his high school team changed the perception a little bit because if you had if you know if you had seen him before or read about him before everything was there. The athleticism, you know, some of the ball handling, the size, the physicality, um, you know, he's built like a, you know, like a rush in, like a, de- you know, defensive end uh, for Jay Bateman or whatever. I thought you said um, a
0: Russian. I'm like, no, what no, does Doug Lundgren have to do with this? What you- Rush end, <laughs> in. Ivan have Ivan Koloff off on the wing. All right, go ahead.
2: Um, but the only question was, can he shoot? Because it, at that size, you know, he probably was going to have to play some three and, you know, he went nine for 13, I think in those first two games that hubert davis and the staff saw so between you know the shooting question being answered and then him playing as well as he did against good good competition i think he has the the kind of prerequisites that you know require a major bump because again he has the size he has the athleticism and now he has the shooting to add to it and he has the breakout performances in front of um scouts and coaches so that that's why i think he's gonna have a huge chunk
0: that is an absolute rocket being strapped to that young man if he does end up at 22 as as Cheryl said. All right, next name we just mentioned him a second ago, uh, Tyler Nickel, currently sitting at 88. Sean, how do you feel about Nickel? Uh,
1: I think I think I'm going to go with um I think fifty fifty-five.
0: 55.
1: Cheryl.
2: I was going to say like 64 or 65. Let's just I mean, call double, it 60.
0: double Nickel for a kid named Nickel sounds better, but <laughs>
2: let's call it 64. 64. All right,
0: 64. Yeah. All right. I'm going to laugh if one of you guys gives like a prospect, the same number. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, we talked about him earlier. Ike Trout, how how you feeling? He's going to, he's going to measure out, Sean.
1: I think he's going to stay in the same ballpark. I'm going to go 48.
0: Sure.
2: Yeah, I think top four. Right. So I'll just say 40. Um, Cause I think that's, that's a pretty good place to be slotted. And then, you know, that is the ranking that's pending being seen more and in, in how he you know plays in July. Um, I think he has the the, the tools um, to be someone who moves higher if he has big performances in July, um, but based upon what he's done already and then kind of projecting forward, I, I think top 40 is a really good, good slot for him.
0: Well, either one of those for Mr. Trout would require a gaffe. Uh, Jalen Washington at 22 right now, Sean, where do you see him?
1: I'm going to go with uh, uh, one of uh... Uh, a favorite, favorite number,
0: 23. Oh, you got him dropping one. That's the first time we've dropped anybody. All right. I, I see well, you I mean, Well, well look, somebody's got to drop, right? Not everybody yeah, can move I up. Mean, I mean, you're going
1: to have Lively and, and others jumping up. And I think he's he's definitely shown that he's he's kind of a that low five-star. He's definitely shown how talented he is. Uh, once again, I, I think where he's at right now, there's going to be people jumping ahead of him, uh, but it's not due to, you know, any, you know, how he, how he's played because he's played very well, but yeah, I'm going to just keep him in that range, but go with number 23.
0: I think it's important that you, you phrase that too. It's not any player that moves down. It has nothing to do with, well, some some players, (laughs) some players may be, may have been overvalued, but most of this is going to be due to better exposure for the guys that are rising up. Sherelle, uh, our, our, your teammate there said 23 how are you feeling about Jalen Washington formally at 22?
2: I was going to say 28.
0: 28. Yeah. All right. Again, still in that like five-star or very high four-star uh, borderline.
2: To me, that is – if you're UNC, if you can live there, that's where you live. That's your, I mean, yep. that is that is Armando Baycott, Marcus Page, Joel Berry – uh, I'm trying to think who else was in that range, but that, that is the type of player um, who, you know, Sean has said usually has one or two kind of deficiencies. I, I hate to call them that, but deficiencies that keep them from being an early entrant into the NBA room draft for growth, room for growth, uh, growth opportunity uh, after a year or two, that's usually the kind of player in, in that range. Tony Bradley probably is um, one of the few examples I think yeah. of someone slotted around 26. Uh, but th- that's where you want to live. If you're Carolina, if you can get, Guys, twenty-five to forty, kind of in that range, um, and and use that to supplement um, some of the guys that you might sign from the the bottom half of the top one hundred or the top half of the top one hundred. I'm not sure how it goes. Either anyway, way. yeah, either way, I think that's that's a perfect spot.
0: That's a, a again great context. All right, last one we're going to look at tonight: Derek Lively. Uh, <laughs> you know, massive, massive human. Uh, currently sitting at forty-four. Sean, you're going to put him at negative three. Where are you where are you going to put him? You, is, <laughs> I know you're. I know you're strapping a rocket to him as well.
1: Well, I mean, this one's kind of cheating because I think uh, you know Bossy already said he had him had him top five. I um, mean, it wasn't wasn't number five. I, I don't think he's going ahead of Bates or Jalen Duran. Uh, so I'm going to go number number three with him, which I think is is high, uh, just because I, I think there's still. I think this that ranking is going to be pure upside ranking versus, um, you know, the, the few games I was able to watch this spring. Once again, a, a lot can transpire from the spring to where we're at now. But uh, his offensive game still needed uh, some fine tuning. But I'm going to go number three, and that's going to be a pure upside play for the rankings, in my opinion.
0: Sherelle, last one. He said 44 to three. <laughs> what do you I got? Mean,
2: to Sean's point, you know, it's kind of been given away a little bit already. So I guess I'll just go four
0: since he said top just five. Spice. I'm with you.
2: Top five and not five. So the next one is four. So I'll just go four.
0: I'll tell you what, we'll do this. Um For any of our listeners or viewers, if you have something you would like to see be uh, be awarded to the winner of, uh, of of number of perfect picks or who did the best on this re-ranking guesstimate game that we did here, uh, shoot me an email. Joey at Carolina.com. We'll figure out a way to to reward our two panelists here for all of their knowledge, but I appreciate you guys humoring me there. And I think that it's going to be fun to watch over the next little bit as to how the re-ranking settle, as you guys have said, uh, as, as more eyes of the evaluators and the analysts see these players, it's going to be neat to see how they land. And of course, again, it's going to be important to North Carolina fans and people that follow the UNC basketball program to see how it affects guys that are in UNC's orbit right now. All right, guys. Before I uh, before I shut out the lights and, and shut the bar down for the evening, anything else you want to add, Cheryl?
2: Uh, yeah. I would say um, I think things for <laughs> some wood over here. I would I would knock on it, but things should begin to slow down. I would say after Tuesday. Um, typically, the coaches take vacation. You know, during the fourth to gear up for the July evaluation period. Um, So I would think that things will slow down and there'll be a chance for everyone to kind of catch their breath as we get ready for um, July. So just thinking about that, uh, you know, the open evaluation period starts July 8th. Uh, We will be um, in a couple of places down in Georgia, but there's Under Armour events, there's Adidas events, um, and then the Nike teams aren't playing there's not a Nike event that week. So the Nike teams are kind of spread out. So it's going to be a chance for the coaches to really show who is on the radar and who's a priority because they're not going to be able to just be in one gym and watch everybody. You know, some Nike teams are in Alabama and some Nike teams are in New York. So they're going to have to really prioritize. And maybe that will be kind of a tell Um, about, you know, who they really, really want or who they're really, really into. And then the other thing I would add is that we talked about Jalen Washington. We didn't really get into his recruitment much, but um, so he has already visited, officially visited UNC and officially visited Stanford. Um, He took an unofficial visit to Marquette um, this past Wednesday, and he's scheduled to be at Purdue today, which would be Monday. Um, He's scheduled to have an unofficial visit there. Um, And what he said in the past is that, it would kind of be just a feeling on when he decided to make a commitment, Um, whether or not he gets that feeling at some point (laughs) soon, we're we're not sure. Um, And then over the weekend, he did say that he was thinking about possibly taking more unofficial visits in July, if it worked out with his schedule, but that's just one that, Um, It could go on, you know, through November, but that's one that we probably should keep an eye on. It could end in the next couple of weeks if, you know, he takes those visits and then decides that he's ready to to make a commitment. So just that's probably one of the recruitments that feels like it's getting close to the end. It might not be, but it kind of feels like it. All
0: right. Good insight there. Sean, two pennies before we go.
1: I don't know if I have have two. I think, um, you know, for for the Dawson Garcia, I might just be a little more, pessimistic um (laughs) in in regards to the the fit just given that he played 30 minutes a game as a as a freshman um, not to say that from a talent perspective he wouldn't fit because he he definitely would but uh you know i I deal with armando you know would love to see him get a big boost in minutes up to you know the 28 30 minutes and manic's been starting basically his his oklahoma career so i i think you know how do those minutes play is is the big question mark so once again, there's still a lot to go, whether it's the NBA or Marquette or transfer portal, but that's still where I'm trying to, you know, get my head past in terms of, you know, does he really want to decrease his his minutes uh, coming from what he got last year?
0: Appreciate you taking a look at that, and you know, I don't think anybody's going to dog you for being pessimistic here. There are a lot of variables at play with that particular player and how he might or might not fit with North Carolina. So uh, levity is welcome. We're not going to bash you for it, but <laughs> I am going to get out of here. I'm going to turn out the lights. Uh, Appreciate you guys joining us as always. Remember, folks, listening and viewing, rate, subscribe, review, all of that. It really helps us. This is as impassioned of a plea as you can get for me without me reaching through the screen and doing the whole Dusty Roads, Hard Times promo. Put your hand right here where my hand is. Reach out and touch somebody. Look, y'all, we appreciate you listening, appreciate you watching. Uh, I'm thankful for Sherelle and Sean joining us as always bringing the news, bringing the information and the stuff that you guys expect from us at InsideCarolina.com. Be sure to be on the lookout for all the news as it comes. If you're not a premium subscriber, you're missing out. You might want to take care of that, but we appreciate you joining us. We will catch you guys next time. Thanks to John Sigley for producing. Thanks to Johnny t-shirt for sponsoring for Sherelle McMillan for Sean Moran. I'm just Joey Powell. We'll talk to you guys down the road. Late.